0: I feel so excited to get to share this and all of our future episodes with you, the listeners, and you, the cast of the podcast, who I hope get to check this out too. If you're a fan of actual play podcasts or of role-playing games, then you're going to be able to skip the next 30 seconds. But if you're not, I just want to say thanks. This is a weird thing for you to do. And if you're not a fan of those two things and you're listening, it probably means you're a friend or a family member of one of the cast. So especially thank you for checking this out. We're going to sit around and play a role-playing game, and I imagine it'll run for at least 20 or 30 episodes. But what that's going to mean for you, the listener, is you get to hear a story unfold, you get to hear the jokes that we make when we're hanging out together, and you get to hear us attempt to play a game as well as we can most of the time. I don't want to spend too much time introducing this to you other than to say it's something I'm really excited about sharing almost as much as I'm excited about making it with the people that you're going to meet in this episode. I hope you enjoy it. And if you do, and even if you don't, check us out on social media, follow us, let us know what you like and interact with us. We'd be thrilled to hear that even one person has taken the time to listen to this. And if it's two, well, then you're too late. We're even more excited. So thanks a lot. Listen, have fun, and enjoy the Live to Die podcast.
1: Roll dice, be nice, and stay tuned. This is the Live to Die podcast.
0: We're on air. We're We're formally recording the first episode of the Live to Die podcast, which a few people have pointed out sounds very much like the title of a James Bond film.
2: Totally does. Definitely. Film noir is cool. I mean I don't hate that I always loved James Bond It's not great for Jane She's gonna die That's true Definitely Because she's the only (laughs) woman In this story
3: Hey we're in the modern era Of James Bond okay None of them died In the most recent movie
2: I haven't seen it Spoilers Spoilers Yeah That's cool though
3: No lady death Not a
0: single person died In the latest James Bond movie (laughs) Not a one (laughs) There's a surprise twist No one saw coming They actually just Every every fight scene Was a verbal fight That just played out (laughs) It was just
3: courtroom dramas The whole time (laughs) It was, it was
0: about that emotional tension just played emails. out to uh, like a fulfilling emotional compromise that allowed them to really move forward better as, as enemies.
1: It mm. well, so, sounds more like a French intelligence movie than a British <laughs> intelligence movie. <laughs> I
0: feel like there's got to be that out there somewhere, and now I want to find that movie to watch it. But today, we're going to be watching something else instead. And by watching, I mean listening, which is like watching with your ears. So we're going to be starting off playing uh, Paizo Publishing's Pathfinder Adventure, Night of the Grey Death, which I've decided to call for us, Masks of Death for reasons that will become
2: apparent. Uh,
0: And when I say us, I'm referring to myself, James Redmond, I'll be taking on the role of Game Master today, which generally means for those of you who are new to this, that I'm going to have to make up everything aside from the four characters that you will all meet in a moment. I've loved role-playing games, played them for a long time, and a couple of friends who are sitting at the table with me today said, well, what if we recorded it and, and really, really tried to spread this to other people so that they could either make fun of it, enjoy it themselves, or do something like that. So we got this group together, we practiced a little bit with our equipment and our games, and I think it was fun enough that we decided we'd do it again. So let me introduce who I feel fortunate enough to be sharing the table with today.
2: My name is Jason Combs. Um... I've been into gaming for a while now. Um, I got into it in high school with my sister and now ex-brother-in-law. Um, and I still keep in touch with them because of that. I think it's pretty cool that even after the divorce, like gaming has kept us together. But um kind of lost it when I was in the Navy. Um, picked it back up with... Ryan, our other friend. So we started playing games again and um, we were able to meet you guys and uh, start our own game group that's been going pretty strong for the last couple of years. It's had some ups and downs with COVID, but um, really excited to be able to actually listen to what we sound like after the fact. I think that's what I liked most so far was, do we really sound like the idiots we think we are? Answers yes. yes.
0: Yeah. You <laughs> all sound great. I sound horrible. Speaking of people who sound great on mic, though, I
4: thought you were going to say horrible. <laughs> hey everyone, I'm uh, Jared Trimbley. I uh, have been into gaming for quite a while too. I, I played with my siblings uh, as a, a youngest child, and just kind of continued, and something that I've enjoyed over the years. And now uh, we're getting to experience with friend groups and other people and I'm just I'm down I'm ready to do this
0: awesome well, I'm really glad both of you are here I got to play with two of you for quite a while and we're gonna hop over to one of my long-term friends and players who've been playing with for a while and was kind enough to join some people you didn't really know
1: yeah uh, my name is Trenton Sperry or Sperry if you ask my father uh, <laughs> which I just can't get on board with anyway uh wait 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 how is it yeah Yeah. elaborate it's his Uh, name right i mean it's a vowel with like consonants around it without a secondary vowel to make
2: the e hard right okay one thing that i've learned about english is it doesn't Doesn't make make any sense sense. yeah that's Mm -hmm. true there's a reason we spend 12 years learning it and then i decided to major in it in college because i still don't get it yeah
1: (laughs) Uh, it's a work in progress. <laughs> yeah. Regardless, I didn't really play uh, role-playing games growing up, but James kind of introduced me to them. He was like, no, trust me, you you will enjoy this uh, if you enjoy video games, which I do. And so I ended up playing with him in a group. And I'm super excited about this because um, what I re- really like is the cinematic nature. And that's like the energy I want to bring to this for sure.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, we only have one other player left today.
3: Hello. Uh, I am Jane Thompson. And (laughs) applause now. Thank you. (laughs)
5: Um,
3: And yeah, I also have not grown up playing role-playing games and began when I met James about five years ago. Um, To borrow a phrase from Jason, I'm kind of a classically trained bro. And (laughs) so it's it's a new hobby for me for sure. But I've always loved fiction. Actually, Trent and I were just talking about this a little while ago that like, it's such a fun way to experience fiction and telling a story and making a character. And so I'm super excited to do that with this group. Um, and yeah, I met Trent along with James. They've been friends forever and uh, kind of got into playing role-playing games with these guys and then met Jason and Jared along the way. Um, and yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to do this. I hope I don't die, but I probably will.
4: In real life <laughs> or in the game? Both. <laughs> Both. <laughs> At some point. If I'm I think die, like I if know. if I
3: go, my character kind of goes. You know, it's sort of like a double whammy. Well,
2: that really depends on us. Wow.
1: <laughs>
3: that's true.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the windows over
1: there only yeah. go down one story, so I think
2: <laughs> that's true. Okay. We'll be all
3: right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and we have a guest in studio. If you die, she'll display your. Game. Yeah, that's true. Oh, there we go. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. Our producer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a... <laughs> <laughs> that quick, uh-oh, get the producer in
2: here yeah. And
0: into our studio, by which we mean our, our kitchen That we, well, don't <laughs> tell kitchen about. Dining yeah. room I don't know, it's amazing
2: It's a better story arc later
3: I do love that, like, I went to the coffee shop this morning Got my coffee, oh, hey, how's it going? Oh, good, I'm recording today Right, You know, cool. I just feel so It's I Gotta get to the studio, gotta start recording Busy yeah. day
2: I got asked in class, like, what do you do? What are you gonna do? And I was like, well, I'm kind of working on this podcast I guess that's what I'm gonna do because I don't have any other plans. So we're going to have to make this work.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought you meant like weekend plans, not like big picture. No, no, like no life plans. Oh.
3: Yeah.
2: This is all I got. This is it. No pressure, anyone. <laughs> Come like on, a, James. That feels like yeah. a lot of pressure. If you're listening, please tell your friends so that I can eat. We've
3: got a lot riding
2: on
0: this. <laughs> <laughs> this is in no way monetized, so tell your friends to find Jason and just, <laughs> and just help me out. <laughs> Drop just, that Venmo handle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We'll, uh, we'll put your PayPal in the show. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. All right.
2: Gotta get some music set up here. I
3: did think that was like a car horn outside for a second.
2: Car alarm. <laughs> this sounds more pleasant than I was expecting. Yeah. In the Grey Death adventure path.
3: Hey. There's... Honestly, we might not even fight anything, you know? Who's <laughs> to say?
0: I think it's much like the latest James Bond film. It's all going to be about emotional dialogue reading, leading to true catharsis. Mm-hmm. That's that's role playing games. That's what all the dice are here for.
2: The Gray Death is about managing a pandemic. That's what the game is. It's all a We're metaphor. All just no. Manage a pandemic. Oh no! Well,
1: I'm depressed already. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually want to play this anymore. <laughs>
0: Our story is going to start at the border edge of Keonan and Galt. Galt will be the home to most of the story we tell in this little campaign. The simplest way to explain Galt: is that Galt's very analogous in many ways to France during some of the revolutions that occurred there. So we talk about Galt Imagine France. And it borders on the, the western edge, if I remember correctly, with Keunan, the ancestral home of the elves on Galarian. Now, on Galarian, the elves are not uh, true natives to the planet. They're aliens who showed up on the planet thousands and thousands of years before and have kind of come and gone, but they're here to stay now. And we're going to be following... Uh, a young woman. We can kind of see her walking along uh, a road with her mom, and they're alongside a caravan of quite nice build. Looks like there's quite a bit of money in it, and they're they're traveling from Keunan into Galt. This is sort of the border crossing area, and who we're following is a, a woman, Ambassador Dranak, the ambassador of Galt to Keunan, and you can kind of see the change from this just verdant, thick, wild forest slowly rolling over into a countryside area. And as they're walking, the the mother is talking with this young woman, her daughter, a little bit about what's going on, explaining the situation in Galt. And for all of you, and kind of what she's getting explained is that Galt declared its independence from a larger country 50-some years ago, I think maybe a little longer even. And in that time, that initial revolution was violent, and it was bloody. But since then, the country's never been able to quite get its feet under itself, and there have been revolution after revolution, and new rulers always overthrowing the last in these bloody struggles. So the mom is talking with her daughter and explaining her role as the ambassador to Keonin, to explain how important it is to maintain these relationships with their elven neighbors for both trade, security, and stability. As all this is happening, and I almost imagine with me sort of a montage scene, you can see from a really high shot that there are riders on horseback heading up to this this caravan. They're in gray cloaks and jackets, gray tri-cornered hats. Their faces have scarves or cloth pulled up to cover most of them. And the look on the ambassador's face goes grim skin losing some of the color as they get closer and she tells her daughter to stay back stay back It's don't say anything whatever happens don't say anything she'd recognize these individuals as members of a group called the gray gardeners some say that they answer to the rulers of galt but most of the rulers and the population understand that that's at best a polite or convenient lie The Grey Gardeners are executioners that practice their own form of law and order, however, wherever, and whenever they deem fit in Galt. Originally brought in as those to drop the blades, to sever the heads of the old rulers in the First Revolution, but since then, this secretive organization continues its work. No one knows who the Grey Gardeners are. They're always masked, they're always covered. Any person you meet in the country of Galt could be a gardener or an informant, a friend, or a foe, And so as they get closer, this young woman, the daughter, sees her mom in a heated conversation with them. And she's taken away. And kind of see her screaming and reaching for her mom as her mom's brought away. And we'll cut forward just a couple days to a city square where there's a mammoth guillotine set up. Someone's explaining to the daughter that these final blades as they're called these magically enchanted devices are designed so that when they separate the head from the body of one of their we might see them as victims they might call them uh, the guilty it traps the soul of those who are killed inside the device itself that their their soul and their spirit can't go on to the next world and in a fantasy world like this where like the gods are very real, they play a somewhat active role in the day-to-day life of at least some of the bigger parts of the world, and they have domains for which their faithful get to spend eternity with them outside of this domain. These devices are powerful, and no one knows how they work, aside from the gardeners. So this young girl is watching her mom brought up, put down on top of the blade, the gray cloaked, gray masked gardeners standing right beside her as they pull the lever and the blade just sweeps down. Her head rolls forward, red, just left to seep down into the collar of her mother's clothes. Imagine the camera kind of pulls in on that red for a second and then starts to pull out until you see it's now a scarf. And you can see that same young girl's older now probably in her thirties, a heavy red scarf around her neck. For her, a memento of where she came from and who she's lost. But now she's sitting in a study, a study that all four of you, your characters, have been invited to. We'll take a second to introduce all of you, but let me give some background. You're all 16th-level characters, which is a little wild because that's going to be a lot of rules to juggle at once. But you were all brought here. You all received different invitations. We've talked a little bit ahead of time about what some of those invitations might look like. But let's talk about what the four of you look like standing in the office of, and let me be clear, this woman's name is Camilla Dranach, and she is the current leader of the Revolutionary Council. She is the one running the government in Galt. At this point, And she has summoned each of you here. So let's talk about that you a little bit. Jason, who's you in the game? Who do we see standing in the room? What do they look like?
2: You see an old man. Kind of an robed figure. He has a veil over his face. Kind of... He's got both hands on a cane. I assume if we're in here he's chosen to sit down. Um, his name is Drosharis Orwind. And... If you're familiar uh, with odd things um, He also acts as a translator uh, He knows many odd languages Dark languages um, And he's also a uh, studied in the occult And often works with artists Who have studied uh, occult paintings Occult scriptures, occult artifacts Things like that Doesn't sound as nefarious as it is Or it sounds more nefarious than it is Yeah, that one <laughs> very
3: um, mixed messages. It's
2: court, yeah, it's not that bad, not that weird. He's just, you know, it's something that he knows and people ask for help.
0: What does he look like? You mentioned a cane.
2: He has a he has a black cane. Um he has these like kind of grayish black robes over it. Um he's his robes kind of have a uh like a fur collar like maybe like a wolf or something around the shoulders. Um and uh you can only kind of see his eyes. Um you don't really he doesn't like look scarred or anything under it. Um he's a little pale. Um but he wears that veil so you can't really see his face, but he's kind of hunched over a little bit. Looks like he uh was tall at one point in his life, but is kind of hunched over now.
0: Does he sort of like present look like a human?
2: Yes, he does
4: present yeah, he humanoid character.
0: Yeah. Okay. Jared, who are you bringing into this room?
4: Yeah, I'll be bringing in uh, a character named Valen Fox. And Valen Fox is a tiefling. Uh, very powerfully built. About six foot four, 245 pounds. Looks like he's uh, he's seen a scrape or two. He's got uh, this kind of almost like vest armor that has red dragon scales on it. He's got this cloak that is silver kind of blue lining on it and he's got this big halberd that he that he holds kind of at his side that's got these uh yellow or not yellow silver um strips of cloth kind of tied up towards the blade of it and he's uh he looks very not say intentionally intimidating but i think his size kind of gives him a a larger than life presence
1: okay trent what about you who are you bringing in who do we see so i'm bringing in watson himmelgale uh watson is a dwarf he is very old he he looks to be like the in in stage of his life old he you know he's a dwarf so He's about four foot tall thereabouts he is basically bald a few tufts of white hair um a bit of a beard but not much it's kind of all fallen away white hair obviously huge ears and nose cause he's old <laughs> uh, he is wearing a suit of rhino hide and carrying a staff with some mistletoe on it uh, he's barefoot most of the time and he's probably kind of waddled over to to your character and standing with the old crowd sort of thing <laughs> uh, but he has piercing very light blue eyes Uh, his skin is very pale he has runic tattoos on his head and sort of down his body Uh, he looks very tired Mm -hmm. he could use a nap Uh, but he's looking at everyone with kind of kind eyes looking around sizing everybody up maybe but um, doesn't seem afraid or anything alright then our final member of the party here
3: Yeah. So I imagine you three are kind of in this study and maybe you've been there and are kind of looking at each other. And then the door kind of smacks open and in walks a woman who's probably in her early 30s as well, maybe late 20s. She's got long black hair tied up into a braid and she looks like a lady of luxury. Like she has got nice clothes on, a nice dress. But if you're kind of paying attention, you see that like, She's got very practical, like leather trousers on underneath it. You know, she has her hair tied back, nothing hanging down. And she comes in, and she's looking pretty confident and kind of reserved. But if you're kind, of, if you're paying attention, you notice she's like clutch, like white knuckling a letter in her hand that has a stamp on it, and wears around her neck a pendant that has a wasp symbol on it. And she comes in, and she's kind of looking haughty, like sort of does not have time for this. A little bit uppity. And as she walks in, she looks around the room. Her eyes move really quickly and she'll stop and look at Himmelgale Gale and be like, oh shit. And then she looks over to Camilla and just says, what am I doing here?
0: And so now's kind of a good time to explain what brought most of you here. Many of you received a missive or a letter. So I'll say that like Watson, you directly received a letter you probably got one through the order that you're a part of, and the rest of you got letters that in some way or another expressed that the Citizen Dranok, which is what they call the sort of leader of the Revolutionary Council, has fallen horribly ill. And due to your—well, switching your case, Watson, your, um, me- your medical expertise and background, or for others, just sort of the renown that you have gained through your adventures in the years— Asked you to come for help. You'll notice, though, that as she's sitting there in the office, she looks in perfect health. And she addresses that quite quickly in response to your question of what are you doing here. As an initial matter, I apologize for the misdirection in bringing you here, she says. I'm playing a dangerous political game, one in which I hope you'll join me. And a bit of deception, it helps us both, no? You likely already know the Grey Gardeners are Gult's ruthless executioners. They maintain the final blades, magical guillotines of such power they trap the souls of the executed victims there within. These gardeners have a stranglehold on the future of Gult. Their arrests, their executions, their political machinations they ensure my country can never rise from the stew of chaos in which it's boiled for half a century. As the gardeners are always masked or hooded no one knows who they are maybe they're magistrates or shopkeepers, or perhaps beggars and cultists or stairs each one of you down i have hated the gardeners from the moment they executed my mother in the final blade silent many years ago i knew i would play the long game and i've risen now to the top of our messy politics I've been waiting for the moment to strike back against these worst villains and cult that moment is now she punctuates it by you know slamming her hand down on the table not hard but just enough to sort of bring everyone's attention back to her. The garden is the out of an old monastery in the riverside city of Litran. I have reliable intelligence that the masquerade, the executioners are hosting there has an ulterior motive. And their leadership is being recalled to Litran for this same event. Dignitaries from across Gaul are attending. And likely some of them are themselves her gardeners. I of course received an invite, but I'm feigning this uh, sickness. Staying here for three reasons. First, I want to quell the ridiculous suspicions that I am one of these gardeners by not going there. Second, my illness gives me a good reason for my agents, I trust. and She looks around all of you to visit Litron in the guise of uh, seeking a rare herbal remedy. Finally, I do not trust myself to keep my sword out of hand around those responsible for murdering my mother and so many others. Sort of looks up at all of you, giving you the pause and the chance to speak.
3: So you want to send me, a golden boy and two old men, in your place?
0: Yes. I'm glad you understand. You're an unknown. She looks skeptical. You're not the same target that I am or could provide. So yes, I want you to go. Figure out what this masquerade is. Of course, like I said, you'll be going under the guise of finding this rare herbal remedy. There's a resource of mine. An old friend that you shall meet there. A uh, herbalist. Kenzin. You find him. He'll be your cover. He can provide you with more information there. Sick? (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I am not sick anymore. That's what they are saying. (laughs) It's a shitty cruise.
3: No, so um, I think earlier I forgot to actually tell you what my character's name is. But her name is uh, Valentine de Castel. And she would kind of look around at all of you, making eye contact with uh, Watson for maybe an extra minute. Okay.
1: I think Watson would hold that for a second and and, and then turn
5: to her and and say, uh,
1: "Are you wanting
5: us to harm anyone?" What you do and how you do it is your choice. Mm.
4: So we're going under the guise the guise of just looking for a remedy.
0: Yes, it will take a few days to brew once you're there, which should give you give you plenty of time to look around. Look, it's not much. See what you can find out about the gardeners, why they're meeting, who their leaders are, what they're planning. And of course, you see an opportunity to infiltrate or stop their machinations. I trust you will do so, no?
3: I bear no love to the Grey Gardeners, but what you're asking us to do is extremely dangerous. Why should we do this?
2: And how long do we have?
0: A few days. It's a few days' travel to Litran and the word is the party will be uh, should be a few days after that. You won't have long, though, no? but uh, it should be enough. Your accomplishments have made their way to my ear, or those who work for me, one way or another. And I trust this will be possible. And she'll stop and kind of look at you, uh, Valentine. I know only of you some, but your, your patron spoke well of you, and my mother of him. So I trust that you will be the right ones for the job here. Sort of looks I have a reason to believe each of you won't be adequate to learn these things. You have your expertise, you have your experience, and look, Galt, we need you. This is uh, this is nothing new. Heads have rolled and blood has spilt in the name of false justice from these gardeners for years. Whatever they're planning now, I cannot imagine it's good.
2: Why us? Why now?
0: Well, they don't normally make big habits of inviting people, throwing events or parties, much less uh, bringing some of their own back, could be a time like none other to find out what it is they want, what it is they are trying to do, who they only are.
4: And we're supposed to do this out of the goodness of our own hearts.
0: Well, I have reason to believe your organization, Fox's, goals align with mine in this one, but no, I suppose that uh, people motivated by their own Unseen reasons are not too much different from this. I'd prefer to pay you and trust you for that than assume that you have your own philosophies strong enough to guide you to do this. Uh, we have some things here can be brought to you. We can ready for your caravan tomorrow. Let me know what it is you lack, and I will bring it to you as a payment. And so, sort of as an aside, uh, because you've pressed a little bit for it, any of you can essentially arrange to have brought to you on, on the departure of the caravan tomorrow any 16th level item or lower that's common so nothing uncommon or rare but any item magical or otherwise 16th level or lower Dope.
2: in addition to the stuff we already have
5: oh yeah this is painting up front <laughs> 45 healing potions <laughs> it's, just, it's just one item below it's, uh, just one item below potions. 16 so that's, that's oh,
0: a single healing potion there. I see um, we, we can take care of that off air though between episodes If there aren't any other questions, she's able to kind of give you, again, the contact that you'll be looking for there is a Faraznan, I think it's, yeah, Faraznan herbalist by the name of Kenzin, Kenzin Navarmo, who runs a shop.
1: Time to start the notes document.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, His his shop is called Soul Mother's Herbs and is tucked into a side street that you can find with directions she gives you in Litron.
4: Uh, Are we supposed to infiltrate the gala?
0: Yeah, this is something you will have to figure out. I'm sure there are many ways in. People who have invitations and will not need them. People who have invitations and are willing to part with them. Well, I have reason to believe your expertise in the finer things. And she kind of looks over at, uh, at you, Jason. How do you pronounce your character's name again? Drosharis. Drosharis. I understand you are already familiar with some of the finer things and workings. Perhaps your knowledge of the, uh, the arts and crafts. Arts and crafts <laughs> Yes, prep your knowledge of arts and crafts
2: You know, just grab
5: some construction paper and Go to town
2: I used to spend many days at the rec center
5: We will need Elmer's glue Is that in the book?
2: Do you have any 16th level Elmer's glue? I'm
0: so sorry, the glue is 17th level And we cannot oh. provide you with glue
2: What if we both decided to combine 16th level For a 17th level glue?
0: I talk to my people.
2: And some third level glitter? <laughs>
0: no, no glitter. All right. So she's probably going to hook you all that, hook that up to all of you. Do you have any other questions or things you're interested in before you kind of kick off under this caravan We're ride? We're going to
2: a party, right? We could. that Apparently. What it sounds like?
0: There is a giant masquerade ball being thrown. That's She kind of shows you that like there's an event and it seems to be a masquerade. And she doesn't really know many of the details. She received an invitation. The invitation was pretty cryptic, and it is to her specifically. And she is well enough known that you can't, like, take her invitation and be like, oh, I'm actually the ruler of Galt. Look at me.
3: <laughs> so I think that Valentine, on the mention of your patron spoke highly of you, doesn't say anything, but, mm-hmm. like, her hand just clenches around the letter a little harder. And she just looks around and goes, I'm going to need a new outfit. And then is ready to go. Okay. If we're allowed to leave, she leaves.
0: Yeah, I think we can kind of hand wave that we'll... Unless there's any other
5: questions or big moments. I don't think so. uh, w- Watson will ask her, um, Could you get a message to Toldor in my clinic? Uh, of he, course. He is my assistant. He's not very bright. And if I am to leave him to run the clinic, please send other help. We will do what we can. Thank you.
1: Mm. And he like very slowly shuffles out. No, really, he's a fucking idiot. No,
5: really, he, I don't know what to say.
2: Why is he in your employment?
5: Uh, good help is hard to find. <laughs> Look, it's kind of a thing right now. Everyone I just want short wants, edge
0: and all that. Everyone wants to work remotely in,
5: in this economy.
0: <laughs> so. It's that the next morning you all get ready to load up onto this. It's it's not like a, a garish wagon, but it's not like a covered wagon. It's it's nice enough where they can load some of your gear on top and there's a door and little seats. It's three days, so you'll get plenty of time. Yeah, that's some wagon sounds going on here. <laughs> wagon sounds. Yeah, check out that Sirenscape wagon sounds.
4: Hashtag <laughs> wagon sounds.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: What's the time of day?
0: It's uh, It's morning now. So you've had the whole evening to sort of Rest. I imagine that that meeting was in the evening the day before, and so now you're back, and you, you've loaded into this wagon. It's it's just big enough that you're not having to like cozy up to these people you don't know, but it's it's not so large that you can spread out. So you're in the wagon, and it's kind of getting to roll on the three day journey to Lutran. So now, while I'm still sort of uh, driving this wagon train a little bit, I want to take this moment to kind of learn a little bit more about some of the characters that we have here and who they are. So given that you're all pretty high-level adventurers, you've all been through quite a bit. Some of you may have reputations. Some of you may have specifically avoided having a reputation. But you have climbed your way up to almost top game level. So for those of you listening, please cut us a little bit of slack because any one of these characters they're playing is about a 7 to 10 page document and that's before you get to spell casters and just good luck <laughs> <laughs> that's that one's at you Trent. good
1: luck thanks i'm gonna need it
0: so let's talk a little bit who who wants to kind of give us a little insight I, I imagine you're all kind of rolling in this wagon three days is a lot of time to think back on who you are and where you've been and how you've gotten to this point
3: so I bet you're wondering what got me here. <laughs> a little bit. I, I'm kind of wondering what's
0: that scene that's rolling through your head. What's what's coming back? What's coming to mind when you think about your life up to this point? Does anyone want to volunteer a little bit?
2: As we're riding across the horses and the wagon, and uh, Drusarius is kind of feeling a little nostalgic for back home. I used to live in a place where it had beautiful meadows, and we would ride as a family together all the time. Those days are long gone. And he just kind of looks around. Now that it's light out, and he's kind of looking around. You can see that his eyes are red. It's like red.
0: he's really tired.
3: <laughs>
0: Have you been crying? He's from
2: Colorado. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not that kind of red. The What is this, the iris? The iris is red. Mm-hmm. Everything else is
4: normal. Okay. I think Fox is um, pretty quiet. Not a man of few words, at least at the moment. I kind of give a little more description. He's a uh, tiefling. He's skin tone is like blue like almost like he's almost like a jacked night crawler. um <laughs> from x-men <laughs> all right mm-hmm. and he's got these like almost like ram horns that come off the top of his head and kind of go back and i think you probably at some point if, he, if any of you did any digging you'd, you'd find that he is with an order called the eagle knights and the eagle knights are they're kind of a rogue group but they're their goal is to end slavery and emancipate those who are uh, under control or being sold or anything like that so he's spent uh, many many years at this point I think uh, he's about 35 36 years old somewhere in there and uh, sailing on ships and going to uh, places and uh, posing as a slave and uh, leading uprisings and so that's where uh, you'd probably learn that with a little bit of digging. Um, but yeah, quite quite uh, stoic at the moment and just kind of observing.
2: As we're kind of sitting there, Drashar looks over and says, It's lovely to see you again, Fox. Likewise.
0: Ooh. Suspicious.
3: Mm-hmm. I didn't know you knew each other. <laughs> <laughs> That's me, Jane, saying that. But oh. oh, okay. I didn't know you, Jason, and Jared knew each other before
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I think a very specific scene mm-hmm. is playing in Watson's mind go on as he drifts back um, would you mind reading what I have prepared for you snap where is it <laughs> <laughs> written material
0: I was in the text.
3: In a Google Doc.
1: Uh, yeah, it's in a Google Doc. Oh God! Did, did you, you not
3: read food? the Google Doc?
1: Look, I only have so. I'm, gonna <laughs> cut I'm going out. home. <laughs>
0: uh, did Throws you send the table? it to me? I don't know. How did you? How did you get uh, that to
3: me? We may or may not be the drama queens of the group.
4: You know what? I don't care. I love <laughs> this shit so much. No, me too. I wish I was like more inspired. I would have totally written something. Do you mean something. like this? Um, how oh, it's written out like this? <laughs> Hell yeah!
3: I like that yours is like a report. And ours is like a cinematic. Like <laughs>
0: no, no, that's that's a full cool right? screenplay.
3: Amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, You're a film buff. I think you're gonna appreciate what what transpires here. I'm excited. No pressure. Don't fuck it up, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> I've worked my whole life for this, game. <laughs>
3: We're gonna get like halfway through, and you're gonna be like, "Cut, no." Yeah. Stop.
5: Do it
2: again. Again. more, <laughs> Cut scene, take 42.
0: <laughs> so I think while you're riding that carriage, the camera's going to kind of come in. You've got Watson sitting at the edge of the carriage, looking out, and the camera's going to pan down. Is he wearing his rhino hide in this? Oh, yeah. Is, it, is rhino hide comfortable in your mind?
1: Like, is this a comfortable suit of armor? I would say absolutely not. Okay. Like... For him, it's certainly a combat scenario Mm -hmm. garment.
2: Okay. Have you ever seen Ace Ventura (laughs) 2? Inside of a rhino is not a cool place to be.
0: Okay. So we're going to follow. We're going to pan down, see the uncomfortable rhino hide armor and sort of sticking out the bottom, these weathered and old feet feet that have probably almost never worn shoes in their life and they look like it calluses as thick as the rhino hide it looks like in some places but the camera stays on them for a second and while this, they stay the same in the subject the background sort of bleeds away and comes in on the same feet walking across the the floor of a, a not a nice but a functional building that kind of comes up you can see that it's watson inside a a humble clinic. Maybe it's his clinic he mentioned earlier. This one looks to be somewhere near Isarn, the capital city. They're just now leaving. And you can see that while he's old, he's probably a little bit younger in this memory. There's still a couple tufts of white hair across his head, and underneath them you can make out the runic dwarven tattoos, giving a little bit of hint to his ancestry and where he comes from. The same rhino hide that just a second ago we saw him wearing now is hanging behind him in a closet while he begins to dress you can see that he sort of uh delicately falls down onto a stool as he works his way through on the sundown next to a bed in the clinic you can see him working from stool to stool from bed to bed where there's all sorts of those and horrible conditions meek feeble, sick, ailing. You see him begin to open up, it almost looks like one of those chef's rolls of knives, but this is full of different tools and surgical equipment, and he's working. He looks up and kind of pieced together that theres he probably hears something, something going on outside. And then you hear it sounds like a scream, running, a shriek, more footsteps, getting close enough where Watson kind of just jolts upright reaches out quickly, grabs a staff that you just now see was resting in a corner beside the door to the building, and kind of works his way towards the street, where he can look and see what's going on there. What he sees is a man, someone dressed well, presumptively a nobleman, or maybe a very, very well-to-do merchant, lying in the street, holding his side, because blood is sort of pooling there, where it's coming out. You can see a look a very strong emotion from this dying man's eyes as he's looking at this first maybe it's a woman, it's clearly a girl, someone young, someone in, in clothes that are not great, not in the, in the best possible place and it's at that point that you'd hear a familiar voice say
3: he who walks in blood will sleep peacefully tonight
0: So Watson kind of shudders at that. He might recognize those words. They have some meaning, some uh, ritualistic and religious meaning. He's heard them before. He's seen the death that comes along that. Camera kind of goes up to the eyes of this young girl, who at this point you can probably piece together from the voice, is a young Valentine, And she watches the man die there's a rusty blade right in her hand and the blood kind of runs down the blade to her knuckles and drips off onto the street and then you see that she doubles over and passes out <laughs> Told her. and this young assistant runs up relaying, hearing his name called by Watson and the, the two of them gather up both of the bodies and they start working Though there are clearly things at work here, Watson's determined to make sure it's not the will of this invoked ritual or name, but his attempt to save others here. It's clear that a few days pass, and during that time, the young girl's recovering. In between then, she spends the nights shaking, is what Watson determines is likely some form of poison works its way through her body. It's impressive that she's survived this long that same struggle, that same poison, he's seen kill many others. He's locked away the weapons, but she'll be free to take them when she's back on her feet. It's clear that Watson doesn't really like violence, doesn't feel comfortable with it. It's not against blood or uncomfortable with it, but the, so much maybe more the shedding of it. And it's kind of, you feel excuse the a little bit of the heavy-handed narrative. It's clear in the look in his eyes that he's seen much of it over many, many years. And something that any of you who are sort of familiar with Galarian and dwarves would even see that above the fireplace in this is his clan dagger, the knife that was forged for him by his parents before he was born, the knife that was used to cut his umbilical cord at birth and now he carries with him. In this case, you'll see that the pommel is built with a moonstone, which would sort of belie his family's history and line and with it carry sort of the meaning and the, the value of the blood that his family has shed fighting all sorts of wars. Anyone with a lot of historical knowledge would know that that particular stone would denote a line of a family that fought during the Forge Wars for the true king. And At this point, the, the girl s- starts to wake up, looks over at uh,
1: Watson.
3: And she looks at the dagger on the wall and just says, can I buy it from you?
1: Watson turns and, and sees that she's up and she's eating vigorously and he kind of laughs to himself
5: oh, oh, oh no I'm afraid not dear it is a clan dagger uh, one of the few things that belong to me that I can remember the history of uh, it would it actually used to cut my umbilical cord do you know that uh, I suppose that uh, even at life's beginning we must taste steel
3: am I strong enough to leave today
5: Mm-hmm. I cannot stop you from leaving, but I would recommend another night's rest. You, you know, Himmelgale stew is famous for its healing power.
3: <laughs> she kind of chuckles. <laughs> okay.
5: And I imagine that just as
0: uh, he goes off to fetch her another bowl of stew, the girl's eyes sort of linger on that dagger. And we'll kind of come to the next morning. The sun's rising, the bed's empty, and the small display that should hold the dagger is as well. And we kind of go back to Watson's eyes, looking at that. And then we bring it back into the present as he's sitting in the carriage, not just a few feet away from that same girl, a woman now, one who's seen much. Imagine we can kind of infer that in that time, it's been a few days of travel, and you're rolling up now, to the city of Litran And it's, if it weren't home to such an ominous site as the cathedral the Grey Gardeners call home, it could be picturesque. There's this giant, most brutal looking monastery perched on this hill above a river. You know, the monastery to be the home of the Grey Gardeners and underneath it. And it's sometimes physical and sometimes metaphorical shadow is a town, the Tron. It's sort of the agricultural hub of a big section of Galt. It's got a population of about 5,000. And as you roll into town, you're able to notice that the last day or two of your travel, you've seen quite a few people coming in from the outskirts of town, working their way into the city. Uh, Any of you who have, like, I'd say at least an expert level in society or better without rolling would know that in the Tron, in addition to this, in addition to this mask, masquerade of the gray gardeners, it's also the annual harvest festival and it's time for that. It's been a couple years since they've been able to have the harvest festival in the Tron due to all sorts of. Revolts and executions and horrible going-ons in the country. So this year, for the first time in a couple of years, the Harvest Festival is back on and people are flooding into town. It's not super hard for you to pick out, sort of, which of whom you expect are going there to be a part of the Harvest Festival or to celebrate it. There's some who are dressed nicer, who you suspect may have some affiliation with the masquerade. But you're able to reach town and see. These very old, sort of almost Tudor-style buildings, exposed wood beams with plaster between them, most are a story or two, just tall enough where you worry they might start to lean, if given long enough. And you've now found yourself in the home of the Grey Gardeners. And so you roll up into the streets of Lutran, coming into town... With the hustle and bustle, if you will, of those coming in for the Harvest Festival. What do you all do once you get to town?
3: Are we kind of... Did we just roll up to the middle of town? I mean, you rolled up to the
0: outskirts.
3: I think we're going to need to find a place to stay. Well, and you do have the contact you were given.
4: Yeah. yeah.
0: The uh, Faraznan Kenzin Navarmo at a Soul Mother's Herbs.
4: Yeah, that'd be the best place to start. What
2: was the name of it? Soul Mother's Herbs. I want to go there. <laughs> Let's go now.
0: Yeah, especially with the sounds Colorado. A- I was gonna family. say, <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. It kind of sounds like a place in like
0: Breckenridge.
3: <laughs> yeah. We're
0: looking for soul mommies? <laughs> like Soul Mother's Herbs in Colorado, I'm sure exists as a dispensary.
5: Soul mamas, yeah. <laughs> where? <laughs>
0: A very have different you seen things. this old mama? <laughs> okay, look, you say this, but I just want to read from you. I'm going to lift the curtain here a little bit. <clears throat> exactly, is tucked into a side street. Visitors likely to smell it before seeing it.
1: So interesting. Yeah, we have a few. We're of those. going to a dispenser. Yeah, we will, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And so, sure enough, if, if that's your goal is to go there first, is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, I
5: think oh, so. That yeah. Smells wonderful over here.
3: So. I just want to really quick say that... my
2: pains are going away.
3: (laughs) I don't know what the timeline we're working on is right Mm -hmm. now in-game, but I do have an ability uh, called Quick Contacts, which is Mm. when I enter a new settlement, it's only one day to build connections enough, useful enough to use the connections or underworld connections ability. So um, I think Valentin is kind of, as we're going through trying to find this place, sort of chatting people up, definitely more calm and personable than she was yesterday when we first had our meeting. Um, and it's kind of just trying to get to know some people as we're looking around for this shop. Sure.
0: So I, I think as you're talking to people, you're kind of picking up on the fact that the folks here in town are clear that there are people that are coming here that aren't just coming here for the Harvest Festival. And they're, they're coming in. It's, it's worth noting that like the nature and timing of the event, whatever the gardeners are going on and doing, isn't public they know that there's something going on but no one really knows exactly what it is or when it's taking place as you've talked to them in town you're sort of making those contacts and sure enough you know when you're you you are all rolling into town looking as you are 16th level characters you know some amount of fightery or well done things you always sort of get these knowing looks as people see you and you know bring up or mention any sort of event the Great Gardeners you get that look of like, hey, not that I'd be getting an invitation to such an event or wouldn't be comfortable among so many executioners regardless you know that sort of that sort of stuff
3: hey would you like to come to our murder party murder party
2: what time shall I be there
3: <laughs> <laughs> can I bring any snacks <laughs>
2: whenever the comet passes overhead that's when you should arrive is this a plus one <laughs> yeah.
0: It's an Evite. You can put as many pluses on there. Oh, this is awkward. Jonathan showed up with a plus 15 on his Evite. Don't have enough. We don't have enough murder tools for them. I heard that voice I was doing. Thank you for bearing with me. So you are able to find Soul Mother's herbs. And sure enough, you're able to smell it before you see it. And as you get close, you can see all sorts of flowering plants and aromatic herbs festooning the shop. The entire street has a very pleasant fragrance to it. And even as you talk to people in town, kind of getting directions, everyone seems to have a pretty good impression of it. Um, I think, Valentin, as you're sort of talking with people, some of your skills, you're able to pick up that people... Like, there's a little bit of levity when you mention that place. They, it, The whole rest of the town is uncomfortable to be in. Anyone that's there always talks with sort of like a look over their shoulder, an extra eye really carefully trying to read your reaction to anything they say. They're not sure if you yourselves are great gardeners or if anyone listening in might be an informant. But when you mention soul mother's herbs, they tend to lighten up a little bit and you're able to piece together as you work your way there, that it's, it's pretty well known in particular for herbs that aid in childbirth or easing the pain of dying. So it's very popular among midwives, alchemists and healers. You've probably even heard of this before, Watson, even if you haven't been here yourself, um, because the, this, this Kenson's a lot of his supply works its way through most of the countryside. And as you're able to come up to the shop, it's, it's a quaint shop. It's not huge, but... It's a nice little place with a, like a corner window sort of showing it in and you can make out around the back side uh, a, um, oh god, what's that word? It's made out of glass. You grow stuff in it.
2: Greenhouse? Terrarium? Yeah,
0: greenhouse. I almost had a glass house. <laughs> a
3: window? <Yeah. laughs> what is it? it? has windows. It's
5: marvelous.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> you're able to to set that up and uh, as you go in you can see a Tengu which is like a bird person behind the counter quite well-dressed in a set of like black breeches with a nice white shirt with a bit of a frilly collar and a red vest over the top of it um he's he's working quite a bit focusing on something until you all kind of go in and then he he looks up oh, greetings the raven-haired tangu sort of calls you he sets down this pestle and extends a hand out to you and welcome Tenzin of Armo, herbalist at your service. I suspect you've come a long way. Please come in. Close the door behind you so we can talk about what you need. Uh,
5: Always good to meet a fellow healer.
0: Ah, yes, Uh, and you are?
5: Oh, uh, pardon me. My name is Watson Himmelgale.
0: Ah, Himmelgale, uh, I've heard of your clinic.
5: Mm, Oh, uh, you're very kind.
0: Uh, what brings you here today? Need you herbs and paltists, healing tools for your clinic?
5: Um, well, well, yes, but I'm afraid I wouldn't be able to afford such. Uh, uh, I I believe... He kind of looks to everybody else. Uh, I believe we have some other business, yes, yes. And he sort of
0: cocks his head to the side a little bit and just waits. What's that lady's name again? Camilla. Camilla Dranok.
2: We were sent here by Camilla Dranock
0: Oh, it's a good thing you closed the door. And he sort of works his way over to the windows, flips the sign over to closed, and uh, pulls the curtains. Brings you all back into the greenhouse. Um, there's, there's, there's through a, a pretty spacious sitting room first. Um... Oh, sorry, through the greenhouse into a pretty spacious sitting room, closes all those curtains and kind of gives you all space to sit down. Tell me what she sent you here for. It's very dark in here. <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, lights a candle
2: for oh, you. Oh, thank you. Let's pause him, like we pretend like we took notes.
4: I can't remember what it was. Yeah. Why uh, are we talking uh, to this guy? Like, <laughs> it was like I was gonna say a poultice, but it's it was something healing for her, right? Like uh like an elixir or something. Is he like I, a contact, a
0: or is yes. that just our cover? No, he. he he is a contact. She said, talk to him. Ask him about what's going on with the gardeners. Okay. And he is also your cover. He's working on melding you a poultice, uh, gotcha. supposedly, and it'll take a few days. I
4: didn't, yeah, I didn't know if that was like key, like keyword. So we could talk freely. Yes. Ask, yes. Ask gotcha. gotcha. What Camilla gotcha.
0: sort of shared with you is that this is sort of one of her agents of sorts and she trusts him. You should be able to speak freely with him.
2: So then I'll say uh, Camilla sent us here to find out more about the gults. excuse me the godness in gold
0: and kind of at that point i'm going to switch out of that bird voice for a lot of this exposition so <laughs> we don't have to just listen to that the whole time and he's going to essentially give you a roll down of a few key things that he knows at this point point. and so over the course of i imagine the next maybe hour he lays out for you uh, a few key facts that he's aware of at this point he knows that this Greg Gardner's event is an invitation-only masquerade ball. And right now, it's, uh, it's about 11 a.m. It will be taking place three nights from now. Mm. So you have three days. At this point, invitations seem virtually impossible to come by. And there are those who have them certainly aren't advertising that they do. The masquerade will be held in the Great Ballroom of the Gardener's Monastery Headquarters, the same monastery you saw looming above the town. The Gray Gardeners have always kept that monastery completely closed to outsiders, and even learning that the old monastery had a ballroom was news to many people when they got this invitation. This event is going to provide completely unprecedented access to the Gray Gardeners. No one has ever been in there before and lived to tell the tale. With so many people in town for the Harvest Jubilee, it's hard to know for sure who's planning on attending the mask and who's just here for the Harvest Festival. There are certainly far more people here for the Jubilee than for the exclusive masquerade, but the crowds do provide anonymity, which seems to be just how the gardeners and the invitees wanted that to be. Now, that being said, you only know a Grey Gardener is a Grey Gardener when they're in uniform, but there have been more Grey Gardeners in town, at least uniformed ones, and than there are normally. Many of those could have been placed uh, highly in their sort of clandestine leadership, so it might be that a lot of the leaders of the Grey Gardeners are back here for this. Obstensively, they're also here for the masquerade, but... Kenzin suspects that there might be something else going on, too. and This would just be a good cover for that. Finally, there are rumors that the gardeners are planning some kind of announcement at the masquerade to the attendees, but even those with invites don't know or certainly haven't been sharing what they know. You might be able to learn more by asking around town. There are different places you could look and ask, but it seems to me... The big things here are learning about the party, the gardeners, those who might be going, and the monastery. While you're here, you're happy to stay at my shop. There are other accommodations, but they're hard to come by with so many in town for the jubilee.
3: Can I do some sort of, like, sense motive perception kind of see if i feel like he is setting us up or being honest
1: sure so is just the first roll of the show it is but it's
0: gonna be a wow.
3: secret check oh
0: so what's your bonus on perception
1: probably like plus three thousand <laughs> <laughs> um
3: it is plus 25
0: all right okay so seems straightforward seems caring you're getting a lot of the emotion of like concern knowing that this is a dangerous situation to be investigating but seems to understand that the stakes, anything with the gray gardeners are always going to be very high.
2: Do, do we already have invites to this? No. Mm.
0: You got nothing.
2: How should we handle the invitations? Uh, that is up to you.
0: I would look around town. I certainly, as an herbalist, do not have an invitation.
4: Do you know of anyone who may have one?
0: I do not. This is all I could find, but I suppose you could ask more.
4: Clearly, there has to be some sort of link between the individuals attending the gala. We should be keeping that in mind.
3: Yeah, if we can find somebody who is a political figure, someone like Camilla.
2: It feels like... Tie
3: him up and rob him, take his invitation, we're good to go.
2: perhaps we find some attendees and relieve them of the... Invite?
5: Uh, what do you What do you mean? Relieve them of?
2: I mean, beat them up and take.
5: Oh no!
2: Oh, okay. We can leave you behind. You I can heal w- them after we're done.
5: Oh yeah! Okay,
2: that's that's acceptable. Yes.
3: Hearing that exchange, like, Valentine just sort of rolls her eyes at Watson, but there's like a little hint of like, oh, there he goes again.
4: Does anyone else feel like this may be some sort of trap? Mm. Not for us, in particular, but luring certain individuals to somewhere people don't uh, usually come out.
3: certainly doesn't bode well for Camilla given what happened to her mother.
4: What happened to her
2: mother?
3: Her mother was killed by the Grey Gardeners.
2: Oh, goodness me.
0: I think it's as this conversation is happening, there's a small gap in one of the curtains of this sitting room. Camera kind of is backing and pulling its way out. You can see getting farther away from the conversation There's through these curtains. As you're pulling back further, it passes a figure standing in an alleyway not too far from the shop. You can just see the back of their head. And they're watching closely the building that all of you went into. We'll find out more about that in the next episode. <laughs> I don't like oh, that.
3: no.
2: <laughs> I'm sure it's nothing. Kill him. He wants to bring his candy. <laughs> it's probably the DoorDash. He's just lost. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Live to Die podcast is a production of Live to Die Gaming. Follow us on social media at Live to Die Pod. Leave a review and tune in next week for more. If you like the amazing background audio and music, all that credit goes to Sirenscape. Make sure you check them out at sirenscape.com.